All right, the first debate is in the bag. The Sean Spicer Show starts right now. Wow, what a first debate. We have all the analysis and the inside scoop from what happened last night. We were literally at the debate in this men room. We talked to Trump's top campaign aide, Chris LaCivita. We talked to John Jr. and so many of the other folks from the key campaigns about how their candidate did, what they think of Trump not being there. We're gonna break it all down, what it means. Did it move the needle? How did Fox do? But right off the bat, We've got a great panel for you. Stefan Mihailu, the deputy communications director for Vivek Ramaswamy, who had a big night last night. Ken Cuccinelli, the former Virginia attorney general, who's leading Ron DeSantis' super PAC about how his candidate did. And Priya Sam Sunder, the comms advisor for Nikki Haley's super PAC. Again, another big night for those three candidates. We're gonna break it all down. Welcome to the Sean Spicer Show. All right, good Thursday to you. If you are watching this on YouTube, please stop for a second, just for a second. Subscribe, click on the notification button as well. Also, make sure you do the same on the audio version, Spotify or Apple Podcasts, and it doesn't matter, do them all. It helps a ton. We need to continue to grow the show, share it with folks, but that subscribe key is key to this. On all of those platforms, please do that. Make sure that you know that you're helping us rescue ourselves from the algorithm because you never know when we might get canceled on one platform or another. So if you're on Apple and Spotify, YouTube and Rumble, you'll be sure that no matter what, you get it. And if you're watching on the first, channel 347 on DirecTV, you want to have a backup system as well. That's like your own personal DVR that goes anywhere you are. The car, you know what I'm talking about. All right. As the nation gears up for another election season, tune to The First TV for the best coverage on television. Get an exclusive inside look at the American political machine with Sean Spicer at 7. Unmatched analysis and historical perspective from Bill O'Reilly at 8. Then a bold, unapologetic take from Jesse Kelly at 9. It's must-see TV in primetime every night on The First TV. Watch The First on DirecTV Channel 347, Uverse Channel 1220, or DirecTV Stream. I want to bring in this panel. Thanks for joining me this morning. Uh, I just want to go down real quick. Here's the question that I think I, I thought, actually, I think everybody had a good performance last night. There isn't a candidate. I don't know that everyone goes forward. I think Asa Hudgens going to have a hard time making the case going forward. Doug Burgum, nice guy, same thing. Uh, but I think everybody did okay. There weren't any big stumbles. The question that I think is on everyone's mind is, was that a show or does it move the needle? Is some Are, are your candidates or any candidate going to go forward, going further, or, or is this just theater? Ken Cuccinelli, I'll start with you. Do you think that, that Ron DeSantis is gonna get a bumper, anyone else for that matter? Yeah, I think he looked very presidential and strong last night to pick a couple of traits. And, you know, I'm, I, as you know, I litigate, and <laughs> I, I quote Clarence Thomas all the time. He said, you know, very few people win their case at oral argument, but lots of people lose them. And about half the stage last night looked like they didn't belong there. And, and that is right. going to be a needle mover. Um, and I, I do think for my candidate's purposes that he stayed above a lot of the fray. That wasn't necessarily how that was expected to go, but it did. And, um, and you know, one thing I think everybody should keep in mind, we're in a primary, but remember this, Donald Trump lost the first debate to Joe Biden and he lost it with his typical style and, and it really isn't a hard question. People don't have to believe me. They can go back and watch it if they so, can get through it. And, uh, so before I get to you, that, Stephane, that, I would, that kind of yeah. flip 
is not the direction we want to go. And a lot of the stage was going that way last night. So there's two things before I get to you guys that I just, because you touched on it. I think that there's probably going to, it's going to be difficult for a couple of the candidates to stay in the race, right? Agreed. Is, is, is it your belief that you guys might pick up some of that, number one? And number two is I've asked you this previously before. I mean, do you think it specifically benefits you in Iowa? Uh, yes and yes. Yeah. I think that uh, it's been very clear, really indisputed, that for those who do not choose DeSantis first, he wins the second ballot. So th those just keep going to him. I think the biggest surprise among the folks who uh, really didn't show last night was Tim Scott. Um, it was a big nothing burger. He didn't do bad. He didn't hurt himself, but he was n not a, a force at all on the stage. I agree with you on some of the others you've named where really they need to drop Scott, out. I think Tim Scott, again, I, I don't want to dominate this. I think the funny thing is I asked Cory Gardner, his, his, the chair of his PAC last night, I said, tell me, give me the case. And he was like, you know, great message. And I'm like, yes. I actually, I love Tim Scott. I think he's a great fit. Everybody for the loves bars. Tim Everyone Scott. Everyone loves Tim Everybody Scott. Loves but I was Tim like, Scott. but but again, this gets to the nut of the question, Stefan. I'll go to you. Like, did last night move the needle? Well, first and foremost, I think it's healthy to have a positive discourse that we're having about the race without throwing barbs and throwing elbows literally right next to me. Uh, as a Buffalo Bills fan, it's almost like grudgingly saying, all right, Tom Brady's a decent quarterback. He's a great quarterback. He's the but, best quarterback. Uh, <laughs> but that, like, see, this is where uh, <laughs> But look, I mean, for, for Vivek Ramaswamy, he's a business owner, political outsider. And amongst all those other candidates, you have 30 plus debate uh, experiences. Vivek I has the, never but, but had one. The, the, look, the, the thing that I think was fascinating, I was in Iowa, I saw Vivek there, I saw DeSantis. I mean, look, the DeSantis campaign, you know, as someone who's been involved in this for a while, they get that Iowa's an organizing state, right? They know what they need yeah. to do there. I, I think Vivek, like you go online right now, he, everybody, I mean, there's a lot of chatter about him, but this gets to the question is, Ken, did it move the needle? Because if you don't win Iowa or New Hampshire or South Carolina or, or or Nevada, I, I don't, again, politically speaking, right. okay, how do you get the nomination? There is a huge ground game in all of those states for Vivek Ramaswamy, whether it's Iowa, New Hampshire, South Carolina, Nevada. But getting to the importance of the debate last night, it really was, for the most part, his first introduction on a national stage. Right. And even before that, Vivek was in second and third place in most national polls. I think his America First message is really resonating with the fact that he's not telling folks, I'm running against Ron DeSantis, I'm running against Donald Trump. That's not his message in any way, shape, or form. It's basically saying, I'm running for the American people. And You think the, you're gonna see a bump tomorrow? Absolutely, you I think know. we're seeing a bump right now yeah. when it comes to Vivek Ramaswamy. You mentioned social media, earned media. He is front and center as the one taking the most heat in the debate, which is a good sign. You know, if, if there were no elbows thrown at Vivek Ramaswamy last night as the deputy communications director, I'd be sitting back saying, what did we do wrong? Right. And it's a message to us that he did everything right, that his Korea, message what you guys, is resonating. What do you, th what do you think about Nate? I, I actually thought uh, on the issue of abortion, which frankly, to be just to get this out of the I, I thought the way that it was framed was ridiculous. Uh, I mean, it was like a negative, like your party should be in the fetal position when you talk about life. I'm proudly pro-life. I think that, right. and I thought Nikki Haley actually did a really good job of communicating that, not just to, to primary and caucus goers, but it was a great message to, to the rest of America about how conservatives should handle abortion. What did you guys, I mean, do you think last night, oh, same question, do you think it, it moved the needle, not just for you, but, but 
the field in general? What do you think shakes out of this first debate, or was it just a good show? No, I absolutely do think that it moves the needle because, again, this is the first opportunity for Americans to see these candidates as the who can be the candidate to beat Donald Trump next uh, January when we start the primary caucus uh, season. But when we look at the debate last night, Nikki Haley hit every single point she was supposed to hit. You talk about abortion. That's what happens when you put a woman on the stage and put her in the room and say, I'm a mom, I have a daughter. This is how we are talking about this issue. It is not just a one size fits all issue. We can't just sit here and litigate it from this position or that position. And I think she actually made a really good point uh, to Mike Pence when he kind of threw back and said, well, you have to take a position. She's like, no, I can't sit here and take a position on something when I haven't talked to folks. We can sit here and say, this is the way that it should be. But if we don't have consensus, we can't move forward. And that's been a part of the issue that we've had so far. So, and again, I just, let's, Trump wasn't there last night, but. I was actually really impressed with his bracketing effort. Chris LaCivita in the in the spin room, Jason Miller, and there were literally signs. Security was trying to keep them out, right? Um, and and uh, Don Jr. was there, and I was like, I kept asking them, if you guys didn't want your candidate yeah. to be here, why are you yeah. here? But that being said, and as all of them have argued, by the way, how bad it is to skip debates. And okay, in but, but fine. But, but here's my point: <laughs> everyone's like been in politics for a while. All that I said, I was actually impressed with their bracketing and response effort the night before. They were having dinner with all these reporters that, frankly, I was like, oh, you got to be kidding me. But at the end of the day, I, again, just from an operative standpoint, I was like, okay, I get it. Like, did Donald Trump suffer at all last night for not going to this thing? Because the Tucker thing, again, just on its face, and I talked to Governor Walker about this this morning and, and uh, Mark Halpern, and we were doing this debate thing. They're going to go out and say 70 plus million people watch this on Twitter. I get it. It's not apples and oranges. But did, I mean, a lot of people were saying, did it was a mistake that he wasn't there? Well, Vivek Ramaswamy has said from the very beginning, he had hoped that President Trump would be there for that first debate and certainly hopes he'll be there for He's future not. debates. He's not. He's not going to Simi Valley. It's but, not going to uh, happen. I don't know. We, we, we okay, shall real see. Quick, hold on. We hold shall on. see. Wait, wait, wait. I just want to get through this. Shows up at Simi Valley, yes or no? America is on trial. Join me, Josh Hammer, as we examine the presidential election through the only lens that truly matters, the legal proceedings of Donald Trump and the Biden crime family. This new daily podcast examines breaking news and analyzes the biggest questions facing the country. Can the former president, Donald Trump, get a fair trial? Can Trump be disqualified from the ballot? Can Joe Biden pardon his son, Hunter? Can Trump even pardon himself? We cover all the action every morning. Listen to America on Trial, wherever you download your favorite podcasts. I think so. No kidding. Yes, I don't think he. Look, think of that stage. I know. And, and stage is what he thinks about. Yeah. He, I don't think he can resist it. Stephon, do you think he says it? either way, regardless? No, I, no, no. Not regardless. I just want to know. Like, do you think he shows up? I well, look. After the night that Vivek Ramaswamy had for that first debate, yeah. I, I would say any candidate should be on that stage to make their case in the same way that Vivek made his case to the American people. I mean, look at all the earned media, social media, all people are talking about is the vague but, but Ramaswamy. Gonna, yeah, like, but, yeah, but uh, look, the, the weekend before George Bush's presidential news hit about his drunk driving, right. all good news is not good news. And, and I appreciate the energy that Vivek brings, but the reason he had as much airtime is the attacks coming from the other candidates for all the flip-flopping. And, well, I and look, it, and he just denies positions he took but recently. Let me do, before like, we, before this we is where it goes downhill after we said we were going to play nice. Do you think Donald Trump is in the Valley? Absolutely not. He 
doesn't think that he needs to right. show up. And to your point, you know, you talk about Vivek being the reason why Donald Trump shows up in California next month. To your own point, just a few minutes ago, you said that he's not running against Donald Trump. Well, if he's not running against Donald Trump, Donald Trump has no reason to show up and, and prove his point against Vivek. Just to be clear, well, no. I, I actually, so here's yeah. the thing, and I said this to La Vita last night. I think once it becomes, if, if there were three candidates left, your three candidates, which as of last night, I actually think this is where the field starts to winnow, right? Somebody starts to benefit a little. That's when Trump says, I got to get in because it's now becoming more of a, of a binary choice, right? We, but until then, I don't... Then, and then it's an admission of weakness because okay. his whole case right now is, uh, I, th this is over. That's his case. He's not telling the American people how he's going to make their lives better. He's not telling the but American people. But don't you people, think, I mean, just objectively. Uh, that's a big difference. I don't think that Sean. there's anybody last night that would have, like, he would have said anything on a position. Like, right, it was, it was almost like Mike Pence was, the, was to some degree a stand-in in the sense that he was like in the Trump-Pence administration, <laughs> we did this. Yeah. I mean, in a weird way, I was like, okay, that's Donald Trump's case. You're basically saying, like, he's not here, so I'm here <laughs> the case, but I'd like to take it. But look, job. Vivek Ramaswamy made his case on that debate stage, and I respectfully disagree with my friend, the fact that he took the most fire out of it. And look, if Donald Trump shows up for the second debate, he'll absolutely take the most fire and play the role I, of Vivek Ramaswamy. I actually think last night, if I were, I mean, like, and I, I don't think any of you are making this case, but I actually think it benefited every one of the candidates here that he wasn't there. They had a chance to talk. They weren't, you know how it would have been last night with Trump. He would have been like, no, little Ronnie D or Vivek. I mean, he would have nicknamed everybody. It would have been a, you know, back and forth. Last <laughs> night was actually a chance where I think that I, as someone who knows each one of your bosses, not, but I was like, that's a really good, I think that every one of them did something well to make a case. Now, did it move the needle? That's for you guys to, to do. But I actually think that, that there was a benefit to everyone there by him not being there because they weren't constantly, you know, getting interrupted or responding to a nickname. Well, the, there are two sides to that coin. Donald Trump is Donald Trump's worst enemy. I mean, that's how you lose a debate to Joe Biden. You don't prepare, you're impetuous, you have no self-discipline. And, and that's what he did in the first presidential debate in 2020. He does, still does the same thing. He's still very impetuous, no preparation, just wings it. Uh, I, I worked for him. I know you did. You know, as <laughs> did you. Deputy and, and, Secretary and, of Homeland Security. Very little preparation, very little follow-through. He would have fit right into the scrumming going on last yeah. night. And, and, and DeSantis managed to stay above that, which was a surprise because of all of the incoming right. he's taken up to this point. Well, if there's but he's I, been very resilient. I would argue this, though. We all know, we've seen Donald Trump debate. He has a certain guerrilla-style warfare type of debate style. Well we, saw it, we saw it against Hillary Clinton in 2016. You're absolutely right. This is these these eight candidates that were on the stage, this was their first opportunity to introduce themselves on a national stage. Right. So and I, so but, they didn't have to compete with Donald Trump saying no, yes, whatever, all night long. The media wanted Donald Trump there, right? I, I believe yeah. fundamentally that if you're any candidate last night, your goal was to not necessarily cannibalize his supporters and go after him, but to build the case that you should be the guy or the right. woman exactly. right. to go yes. against him. And so that's why I was like, it's almost like, you know, uh, I, I grew up in, in Rhode Island. The America's Cup was a big thing. And you have the Challenger Series and the Defender Series, right? And, yeah. and the Challengers all, you know, the, the other countries, Australia, New Zealand, Spain, England, would all sort of race to see who takes on America, right? And, and last night, I, which is, 
what you're, you know, my view was last night and probably in Simi Valley, uh, I think it becomes a race to see who takes on the challenger because I believe that it is going to get down to three or four candidates. Right or wrong, what you're saying, Ken, I, yeah. I get it, but, but the reality is, and then I think Trump jumps in and says, now I'm going to do this when I think that there are three or four. But look, no question, the oxygen in the room was not taken up by Correct. Donald Trump in that first debate, and it was... And you can't argue with this. It was taken up by Vivek Ramaswamy. Look yeah, at the news cycle. I believe it's yeah, 100% exactly. a great reason. <laughs> if we're taking fire, that means you're in the front. No one's taking shots or no one's taking fire at someone who's in the back I, of the pack. I would disagree with that. As I have done comms for 10 years. And I will also say, yeah, taking fire is sometimes a good thing. But if you're taking as much heat as Vivek did last night, it's a sign that you're doing something significantly wrong when every single person on that debate stage agrees. Very respectfully disagree. policy... Uh, your foreign policy takes are kind of dangerous. Whole, wholeheartedly, it's, it's an America first policy mm. from Vivek Ramaswamy. Uh, and when it comes to that debate. Can I ask look, you a question? Though? Here's absolutely. the thing that I thought was funny. I read online, there was a ton of, of influencers that, uh, that were very supportive of, of what he was doing on stage. Right? The thing that I kept watching was how aggressive he was. And, and like, as a guy that, uh, just how I, was, I would have never called Mike Pence, and I've known Mike Pence since the day he was literally elected to the House. Mike, right? Yeah. Vivek Ramaswamy, and, and I say this, and I'm, so this is the question I'm asking. He was like, Mike, Mike, Mike. And I'm like, okay, just respectfully, he's the former vice president of the United States. I, do you, and, and so what I'm wondering is, I get it. He, I watched online, I even some of the mainstream media was like, wow, Vivek Ramaswamy last night was, you know, and I think, but the question is, as much as he gained, do you think that there were some people that might have said, ooh, that was a little too much? Look, I think it's all about Vivek Ramaswamy's vision for the United States of America. Okay, point I get blank. the talking point. But look, he, asking, he was, I think yeah. he was respectful to all the candidates. He had to make his case. It was his first time in front of a national Correct. audience. Correct. That's my he point, He had to though. make his case. He did make his case. And that was my thing. Is that, again, but that's the point, Stefan. I was like, this is your first take, right? I get it. And I think that... I, I, and again, this isn't a, I get, like, there was a lot of punches that he landed, right? And I was just like, okay, I get it. the outsider mentality, I think. And I, 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 as somebody respectfully, I was like, hey, I actually think Mike Pence made a mistake saying, like, I've been in Congress 32. And I was like, dude, you don't yeah. want to, <laughs> you don't double down on how long you've been in Washington right now. But I kind of went, okay, did you, you know, it's, it's that jump the shark thing, right? And I was like, okay, I, I get it. You landed 10 punches, but did the 10th one maybe? You know, of course, I re look, I respectfully disagree. When you look at the eight candidates on the stage, you've got minus Vivek Ramaswamy, you have 30 plus debate appearances between all of them. It was his first time. Yeah. Look, he hit it out of the that park. That doesn't matter. He talked right. about, no. his, Amer he talked really about his America first agenda, and it does matter because his message resonated with American people. I get that. No, no, no. But I'm no, giving you period. credit no for the message. Watching is that I'm giving you, wait, just hold on a second. I'm giving you credit for it. I'm saying, I get I'll take it. it. I know, but then I was <laughs> yeah. just saying, but but it was, and, I, and I'm not judging. I'm literally saying, I'm asking the question because I was wondering as I watched it, right? I was like, I wonder if older, like, again, first caucus state, Iowa. I watched him up there. I watched all of your candidates in Iowa and, and how they were resonating with caucus goers and fair goers. But there's a degree in the Republican Party of, of voters who respect sort of institutions and authority. And then there's a ton of grassroots that don't care. They get and they're like, go at and, and so I he definitely played to that. Right. But that's what I'm wondering is that where's that balance? Well, I think it's the balance of just taking his message and sharing it with that entire audience. And at the end of the day, 
Everyone in Milwaukee is going to make their final judgment on Vivek Ramaswamy's yeah. performance in that debate. The people of Iowa, New Hampshire. Again, from that perspective of having respect for other candidates, Vivek Ramaswamy is the only candidate who, again, consistently states he's not running against Ron DeSantis. He's not running against Donald Trump. Then what is he, yeah, he running says for? He's running for the American people. For the American people. Right after he says that, he attacks Ron DeSantis. So <laughs> that's why we expected all the incoming last I talked night. To and the incoming it, came it, to Vivek. It, it did wasn't because of all the flip-flopping. Here's what I'll say. Yeah. I talked to a lot of folks after the debate just to kind of get their sense, right. a lot of friends, family. And the one thing I heard over and over again about Vivek and Ron is that one, Ron was forgettable. And that with Vivek, he it, he had too much swagger for a guy who didn't have a resume. His ego was cashing checks that his resume couldn't, ca you but know. I think that there's a, look, I, again, I, I, yeah. And it's just, it, when you kind of have that level of, of bravado coming into it, it can rub people the wrong way. And that's exactly what look, I think for a lot of Americans happened last this night. This is a guy who spent his entire life in the private sector, who developed five FDA-approved drugs, and those treatments saved the lives of children and improved the lives and of cancer patients. And he's never served in public office once, and I think he's he a political he outsider. He, he's he a political outsider, can I just and that's why he resonated. I, one thing that it was funny, I was talking to someone last night about their takeaways, and I had written all these notes, and you know, here's who I thought, and the first thing they said to me is, I don't think Biden came up enough. And I think that, you know, I, and I was intrigued by that. Do you think, you know, let me start pre like, do, do you, I, I kind of thought about it afterwards and I'm like, you know, did we land enough punches on Joe Biden? Did we spend more time going after each other? But because I, I felt like there's, I mean, literally, and, and again, it got, it's all these things got brought up, but the idea that, that Biden blew off Maui, he goes on vacation in Rehoboth, he goes into Maui and says like, hey, my feet hurt and let me tell you a story about my, whatever. My and fire. then and then goes on vacation again. And, and I was like, to me, and then, I mean, obviously immigration, Afghanistan, and, but I was like, did we prosecute the case enough? I kept saying going into the debate that some of the candidates should get up there and be like, I'm the best person to go against Biden. Overall, not your candidate. Leave your candidate out of this for a second. Do you think we as a party made enough of a case to the viewer that was watching last night that's just saying, I want to see what the Republicans are saying. Do you think that we brought up Biden collectively enough? Absolutely. I think that when you look at it holistically, there were a lot of mentions about Joe Biden, but we were also talking about policies and things that we would change. The fact of the matter is, if we're talking about Biden over and over again, I think to that point, it looks like we're obsessed with Biden. And that I'm gives, obsessed with Biden. <laughs> yeah, but that gives him, him a... Uh, that makes... That kind of gives him a boost as well, right? Americans know how bad Biden is. He's taken a year of vacation during it. But that's my point. I don't know that they office. do. I, yeah, look, I, you I, and I, I know well, that, I, we I think, know that, but I'm sitting here going, I didn't, to be honest with you, until I heard where he was, like I was, I thought, I didn't realize he had literally left Hawaii to go back on vacation. Like his horrible, he needed to be, have a vacation from his bad visit to Hawaii. But he may, they may not know about the vacation part, but this is what they do know. They know gas prices are high. They know that electric city, pri electric prices are high. Utility bills are high. They you know when they go to, to the grocery the store case. and uh. they are making that case. And they're saying, this is my alternative. They have made that case. I know Nikki Haley has definitely made that case, case over and over and over again. Yeah. So it's not necessarily about relitigating all the bad things that Biden has done, but it's, you have a very limited window of time, especially with eight candidates up yeah. on that Stephane, stage. Stefan, you can't say talk about Vivek Ravaswamy. <laughs> Did you think is that, that on the bingo card? Yeah, yeah it is. I mean, you are, we got it. Uh, but I'm saying, like, overall, I, I, I think it's a valid. Like, I was, I was literally walking out of the debate one last night with someone said, and I go, "Gosh, that is a good point. Did we actually 
as a team, if I were watching that objectively at home, I get the here's who went after, and I get sure. that. But but I was like, you know what? Like we didn't bring up Afghanistan and what that's done. We didn't bring up what what why his policy in Ukraine is giving China this notion of coming after Taiwan. And I, so again, do you think collectively, you cannot say your candidate's name, do you think that we as a party made a case to the voter out there that said, I want to tune in and see if Republicans are better than Biden to lead this country? Well, it's a great question. And one of the things that I looked at this morning was, okay, what was the topic that was most talked about? Yeah. And I was hoping that it would be the disastrous Joe Biden agenda. And it wasn't. It was the topic of abortion. Abortion. Look, I'm a father of four. You know, my wife and I, just like a lot of other Americans, we live paycheck to paycheck too. We're looking at our checking account every single day to say, okay, how much are we going to spend to put gas in our car, groceries on our table? That's what the American people talk okay. about. I, that's exactly what great. the American people I want to hear that, from. But that's the point, is as a Republican last night, I would vote for anyone on that stage. Anyone. Actually, I'd vote for most of the people in the audience, too. Because <laughs> that's how bad the country is. Where was that message last night? Well, and that's the one thing that we could absolutely agree on. At the end of the day, no matter who the nominee is going to be, and obviously we have our respective candidates, but it's got to be someone who can replace Joe Biden. Yes. I mean, our country is in bad, bad oh, shape. Yes. My, and my family... Ben, my family... Did, did, again... You can't say Ron DeSantis. Collectively, the case was not prosecuted. Uh, the, I will say Fox, you know, put one video clip up there that was relevant well, to I this subject. Well, I want to get to that. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I will say the candidate whose name I'm not going to say looked the most presidential and talked about emergency response and continually came back to, to beating Bidenomics. Okay. And because that is the goal. The goal isn't to be the nominee. It's not just The goal is to man. be the, I, I understand, I but that's what's killing. Right. Mil, I, that, you know, that's where we kind of agree, right? right? Is that that's the biggest challenge for Americans out there. And the candidate I'm not naming, who I'm helping run for president, um, kept coming back to it. Even when Fox tried to take him backwards yeah. in time, he said, no, we're going to talk about the future. And that's Bidenomics. Yeah. That well, is the and central just, just so clear, piece like, of the campaign for, totally agree for with president. You. The thing to me is it's beyond Bidenomics. It's actually, you can't I'm have, summing it all no, up. No, no, I get you are. Thing. And I'm just saying to me, though, it's, it's, it's not just Bidenomics because you can't have Bidenomics if you're not safe. And I think that what, where this country is right now vis-a-vis -vis China and the threats that we save, Joe Biden has not, we, we may not, you can only have an economic system if you're free and you can prosper and you can actually have capitalism. But I want to touch on what Ken alluded to because that's sort of the last thing I want to get to. How do you think Fox did last night? How do you think that the top, what, what did you think yeah. of the topics? I, I give them overall a B, B minus. You grade on a curve. Um, well, no, I'm not grading <laughs> on a curve. Ken's a great litigator, but I want to I'm take I'm not grading on a curve. I mean, they had absolutely no control yeah. last night. And they what didn't the have topics? They didn't have a mechanism to do that. Uh, I, th I thought uh, some of the, I think the topics could have been a bit better. They did, I give them a B plus on the topics yeah. as opposed to the overall for the debate. Is there a, is there a topic that you're, you can say that Ron DeSantis would have liked to have covered that wasn't? Well, for goodness sake, it's a Republican nomination. I, How about taxes and Second Amendment? Okay. They, right, and, second, yeah. and more time on debt because the American people now get that government spending equals their inflation. Okay. They get that connection, and there I wasn't wanna, enough I just, time. Yeah, I want to wrap on that because I do. I, we're There's out two of good points I want to make about that. But I want to, again, on, the, on Fox and on how the debate went. As far as the debate is concerned, 
I'm the son of immigrants. My family came to America in 1965 with nothing. And I half jokingly say they learned English from the numbers one through 75 and B-I-N-G-O. I mean, last night I thought, how great is this country that eight candidates can sit on that stage, whether Fox but, asked the right questions or not, either I, I thought it was a great debate that the eight people can say, you know what, here's my case to be the next president of the United States, and this is why I should be the leader of the free and Western world. That being said, the Second Amendment was never yeah. brought up. A lot of time was talked about abortion in the economy. You know, go back to James Carville, it's the economy, stupid. Well, everybody at home wants to talk a lot more yeah. about why they can't afford to pay yeah. for gas in their car, to save for their kids for college, and uh, to name yeah, the did, candidate did, that I'm working for, same I thought he did think, a great job. How do you think Fox and the moderators did? To paraphrase Nikki Haley last night, amid all of the chaos, you need to get control of the room. But the control was one thing. I, I, I will I, add it to your list, right? You talk about the Second Amendment, the economy, debt. No. What about veterans? What about China? Yeah. I was like, to your point, Ken, this is a Republican debate. Right. I, I was like, insert Chuck Todd, George Stephanopoulos. Uh, abortion is a bad thing. I'm like, what? I mean, not well, not abortions, but obviously. Abortion. I understood why the abortion question was asked because that was how it huge... was asked. I yeah, agree I with agree. that. It needed to be asked a lot better. It was asked like a Democrat asked. Right. It. But I also agree. I think we needed more questions about Second Amendment. You know, uh, Hakeem Jeffries was in Colorado last last week, and he called the folks who were supposed to support the Second Amendment diabolical. I mean, we didn't even have. I think a that's enough. That. I live in the, insane. I live in the People's Republic of New York. I have a concealed carry <laughs> permit. And it's dangerous for me to literally walk on the street because I don't know if I'm going to be arrested depending on where yeah. I carry in I New also York. Had, I, I, so that one's, that one's, I actually thought the funny thing is where you were going to go, I, I think, and, and DeSantis too, I actually think both of your candidates, I was surprised that neither one of them broke up like this woke capitalism and, and, and the corporations because I, I think, I actually am a big uh, supporter of what Governor DeSantis has done with Disney. Florida. I think I give him a lot of credit for standing up, which is, you know, something that everyone, oh, we shouldn't be going after. I think Governor DeSantis deserves a lot of credit. I think Vivek has done a great job of, 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 of uh, a warning of, of this and calling. So again, on those two issues, and I think Governor Haley at least uh, brought in her husband's service, which yes. I thought was great. And I wish that had been more of a topic. Guys, we are out of time, but this has been an amazing conversation. Thank you guys for coming, especially the morning after a late night. Um, and, and best of luck to your candidates moving forward. Thank you. Much appreciated. Thank you. Thank you. All right, last night was amazing. Trump wasn't on stage, but a lot of his folks were there. I was able to speak with not just them, but some real movers and shakers in the game. First up, Chris LaCivita, the president's top strategist, he was there last night. President Trump was not here on the stage. His team is here. His top guy is here in the spin room. How did your guy do tonight? In terms, I mean, we were expecting a lot of attacks. What do you think of what they said? Well, it's amazing. Um, I think that, you know, President Trump's decision not to attend the debate was probably validated in the first 25 minutes of the debate. Um, and then at the end of the day, when he added it all up, you know, this was the day Ron DeSantis' campaign died, and not even being here, Donald Trump won. So let me ask you this strategically. Explain to people, Trump, President Trump's not here. I, I've said very publicly, it's stupid for him to be here. Yes. A lot of these folks needed a name tag to be identified. Right. President Trump's still okay. Right. But why are you here? You're his top campaign right. aide, Jason Miller standing behind us. Why right. did you guys want to be here and have surrogates in the spin room as opposed to just letting these guys have their night? 
Well, you know, even though the president the president wasn't here, um, he had obviously had hundreds of volunteers outside, yep. rallying at 4 a.m. and getting people lined up for morning shots. So we have a presence everywhere, all the time. Um, and in terms of you know having top you know staff at the campaign, we're here to convey the message, and we're also here to set the record straight, and we're also here to put hits. You know, quite frankly, to, to, to make sure that the that our opponents know that you know anything they say is going to you know. Tonight, how are you? at the security entrances, there was a sheet that yeah. had Jason Miller, yeah. one of your communications folks, yeah. uh, and it said, "Do not let anyone from Trump campaign in." Justin Capioli had his right. name on there. Yep. What do you? What does that say that they didn't? They wanted to bar you from coming in. So, what you, and what do you well, think for, about? Well, for, they had they had a picture, right? Like a mugshot picture, and they and it was like a terrorist watch list, and it, it was done by you know the the, the security contract the, the security company was contracted by I believe by Fox, and um, it said if you see something say something, and, right? And and it had these pictures of you know do not provide access, and it was also to Vivek campaign, uh, anybody associated with Larry Albert, right? And then of course. You know our our top communication staff. I, I'm quite frankly, I was a little disappointed that you know my my name wasn't on there. But probably after <laughs> we'll get tonight. You on there. Oh no no! After tonight, it will be. But, but, do you, but do you, then they blocked us access into the spin room. Right. After, after they gave us, they were denying. Uh, 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 you know, Matt Gates, Congressman Gates from Florida. They wouldn't let him in. So how did you get in? We went around the other way, and I came in. Came in the other way. <laughs> This is There's why, a will this away. Is, this is the Marine in April yes. last week. But do you, do you have any ill will towards Fox or how they handle that? Well, I'm not happy, you know? I mean, I, 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 think, I think we're all disappointed in the fact that... Um, that someone is closely associated with Fox or has a responsibility that's entrusted to them by Fox would single out senior members of a presidential campaign. And and by the way, the front runner for president, the former president's top communications staff, single them out and attempt to deny them entry into a public event. I, I mean... There's, this, this is an issue we're not going to let go. They're going to have to answer for it. One last question, then I'll let you go. Tomorrow, the president's going to be in Fulton County, Georgia. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people are saying this is counter-programming. Uh, you guys are here. What, what do you read into? Is the president just turning himself in, or is the timing specifically to suck the oxygen out of any response? Well, I mean, he, you know, it, it had to be it had to be done before Friday. Right. It could have been done today or Friday. And, and I can promise you, if we wanted to counter-program it, we'd have done it tonight. <laughs> Okay. All right, Chris LaCivita, good to see you in Milwaukee. Sean, All right. great to see you, bud. All right, it wasn't just his top aide, Chris LaCivita, was there. His son, Don Jr., was also there. He spoke to us for a little while. Let's see what he says. Don Jr., you're here. Your dad's not. What do you think tonight? Listen, I think my father made the right call. He yeah. won the debate and he didn't even have to show up. Uh, the only person that had to actually perform was Ron DeSantis, and he failed miserably. He was a wallflower. He literally regurgitated Trump policy right. to try to make it like it was his own. I mean, how many times did he just say a nation in decline? Guess who said that like years ago? Trump's been using that for years. He's not capable of original thought. The reason we've seen the decline in Ron DeSanctimonious' campaign is because it was great when he just had influencers clipping five seconds of him dunking on some local reporter in a small town in Florida. Now that you're the big guy on the stage and actually having to perform, you realize there's not an original thought. There's no original policy. Vivek destroyed him. Everything was so forced and robotic. And worst of all, Sean, for anyone who's watching who understands what's going on in the world as it relates to weaponization, if you have to do this, look look around to see if you'd actually do something about it. 
Let me see which way the wind's blowing. Did I get it right? Which way is it going to go today? Oh, oh, I'll do that. Which way does Jeff Rowe tell me I can answer a question or one of my billionaire donors? That's what we saw from Ron DeSantis, and I think this was the end of his campaign. So there's a lot of people in the Democratic movement that, that I think are trying to change the game through a conviction of your father. How concerned are you guys? I think that this is the yep. ultimate Dem plot, is to say to Republican voters, this guy's going to be in jail, he's going to be convicted, despite you know, indictment after indictment, hardening the base, hardening support for your dad. What, are you guys at all concerned about the legal? Because here's well, why. You, you've been just, there for a while. Listen, but, I, but we're here's used the to difference. It. Here's the difference. In a D.C. court of law, it doesn't matter what your dad is not. Eventually, done. it'll go right. to the Supreme Court, and they'll do. Okay. You know, they'll do what's right. They'll actually follow the law. But that's the point. We're in a fight where we're playing a different game. Right. The people on that stage don't get that. You know, they're playing t-ball while the Democrats are playing hardball. Yes. The Democrats want to jail their political opposition right now. But 750 years. Trump is a young and vibrant guy. We would both agree. <laughs> 750 is a long right. time. Okay? But that's what we don't understand. We pretend they're decent people. We think they're going to try to abide by the concept. They could care less. And they laugh that we think they care. Exactly. It's a different ball game. The people of America understand that. They know that Trump's the only guy that's actually delivered on all of the promises all these guys make. You know, everyone promises to move the embassy in Jerusalem. Yeah, everyone, you know, they're going to get peace in the Middle East. Sure, it's been a promise for decades. Who's the only guy that actually delivers? Energy independence, keeping inflation down, job creation across every demographic. Trump actually did that. For everyone else, it's a talking point. Yep. Don Jr., thanks for catching up. Good to up. see you, buddy. Good to see you, buddy. Thanks. thanks. All right, well, Trump's campaign team was optimistic. DeSantis's campaign team was also speaking very highly of how their candidate did. His campaign manager, James Uthmeyer, spoke to us as well. James Uthmeyer is the campaign manager for Ron DeSantis. How did your guy do tonight? I think he was the clear winner. He, uh, he shined above the rest. Uh, it almost seemed like everybody else is really fighting for third place. Uh, we were expecting a lot of attacks. And <laughs> Ooh, so you, okay, so when you say third, fighting for third place, you believe your guy is now square at second and everyone else tonight was fighting for third? I think third. it's definitely a horse race. Uh, I think it's, you know, it's Donald Trump and Ron DeSantis. Everybody else was kind of fighting in the mud, and he was the guy that looked like a president. What do you, strong what do you and think? What, what, what lines do you think stood out tonight for you I think his answers on immigration were, were most important. Border security is a top issue for Republican voters. He made it very clear that he will take action day one. He'll declare a national emergency. He'll send troops to the border. He'll actually finish the wall. And if the cartels are fighting their way in, he's willing to use lethal force. He'll stop them. There was a memo that came out from the Super PAC supporting Governor DeSantis that laid out four things. Uh, defend Trump, uh, talk about the family. I didn't see him lean into that. Was that by choice? Uh, was that something that you prepared the governor for? Was it something that he was never going to do in the first place? How do you guys, I mean, like I said, a lot of people were trying to figure out how that memo would play into the strategy. Sure. So, so first of all, as he's already said, that memo, that wasn't internal, wasn't a campaign right. memo. He didn't even look at so it. So the super um, Pushed it to the side. Right. Uh, really, he just, he focused on the issues and he talked to the American people. Uh, Donald Trump didn't really come up the first half of the debate because right. I think people want to hear about issues. They want to hear about policies and the governor has shown in Florida, he doesn't just have ideas, but he does absolutely everything he says he will do. So let me ask you, I, I've talked to Ken Cuccinelli about this uh, a while ago back. I believe that if Donald Trump runs the first four early states, he becomes the nominee. DeSantis, I was just in Iowa, everybody's giving high marks to the DeSantis campaign operation in Iowa. How important is a victory in Iowa for you guys go to, to stay in the race? 
Listen, we're going to take it one day at a time, one step at a time. The governor, he rolls up his sleeves, he gets to work, he's moving through Iowa. We do think we're going to do very well in Iowa, but we're looking at other states too. But, but, but I mean, let's face it, I, I think, like I said, high marks for the organization in there. He's going to all 99 counties, he's made it a priority. If he doesn't come in a strong second or a first, does that, where do you think that puts the campaign? I think he's going to win Iowa. Okay. We feel very good about Iowa. I don't know that he has to win it, but I think he will win it. Like you said, we've got chairs in all 99 counties. He's going to hit them all. Uh, he's talking to voters every single day. They love meeting him and his beautiful family. They're learning about his service in the Middle East. He volunteered after 9-11. Um, they're, they're learning about the man that is Ron DeSantis, okay. a guy that is a strong leader. I believe it showed on stage. He is the strongest leader, uh, the the best, most likely person to be Joe Biden. Okay. Thanks for sharing. Yeah, time thanks, Sean. I appreciate it. All right. I really enjoyed that conversation. Why? And this is why this show is so important. These three folks that were sitting next to me are all in the game. They are all going to make decisions for their campaign or their super PACs campaign about what happened last night. You're watching a bunch of shows, or a lot of people are, that have a bunch of pundits, a bunch of reporters. I walked up this morning, and I saw one person say, I couldn't believe who this Vivek Ramaswamy was. That's right, because most of these folks don't know who our candidates are or have anything to know about the issues that are important to Republican voters. This is the problem with corporate media. This is part of the problem with last night. We talked about it today. The issues that matter, veterans, Second Amendment, China, our military, Biden, so little of it actually came up. Why? And how are things going to get better as we head to, to that next debate on September 27th? Part of what the goal of this show is to do is to give you the, the understanding of what's happening in this process. That's why we were in the spin room last night. We were talking to these campaigns. We are talking to the top movers and shakers. How did they think they did? What are they doing going forward? Did it move the needle? What are they going to do to make sure that they're the ones taking on Trump? Will he come? Right? You heard Don Jr. talk about his dad, Chris LaCivita, talk about Trump. I don't think that we're going to see a lot of, uh, I mean, I think some of these guys might get a point or two, but I also think that we went out the field a little. I think some of these people aren't going to go further. How does Asa Hutchinson make the case to go beyond? Doug Burgum, nice guy, really good governor. I don't think he can stay in the race much longer. I mean, he's got a ton of money, but I just don't know that there's going to be a lot of case for those guys going forward as we head to the Reagan Library and the standards get a little bit stronger. Mike Pence, again, we'll be interested to see what happens. Tim Scott, nice guy. So did the needle move? We'll find out. But it's also, remember, don't focus on those national polls. Did it move the needle in Iowa, New Hampshire, Nevada, South Carolina? That's the key takeaway. We're going to figure that out real soon. Um, tomorrow, though, we have a great conversation about Hunter Biden with Ron Johnson that I'm going to want, you're not going to want to miss. This is Crucial. It's not just what we know about Hunter Biden. Does Mitch McConnell, does the rest of the Senate leadership want to go forward with it? Not just now, but if they get a majority. We are going to do that. Also, we will be starting to break down what happens with this Fulton County uh, indictment with President Trump. How does that affect the race? What do the candidates say about it? I want to know what you think. Go to my Locals channel, seanspicer.locals.com. Let me know what you think. And as we get ready for next week, we're really going to talk about this, the legal consequences of what happens Thanks for tuning in. We will see you right back here tomorrow on The Sean Spicer Show. Well, if you enjoyed this content, make sure to like this video, subscribe, and click the notification bell to get more.